I party right up into the end of the holiday. There you go, bro. <laughs> you hot. I'm, hot. Right I'm ready. Uh, all right, let's clap it off, man. Ready? Yeah. I like your dorm. I like your dorm. Thanks, bro. Ready? Yeah. One, two, three. Welcome back, everyone, to the most awesome and Britain and Dana Sports Podcast, coming at you as we always do. And we got a dynamite episode 175 for your eardrums. Guys, do us a favor. Please subscribe. Tell a friend. Leave five stars. Shoot us an email. MAB Sports Podcast at gmail.com. I am Brand Dana, and with me, as always, wearing that red, white, and boom. Most awesome. That's right, baby. I come in. First, I'm a little teaser. I'm a little, little sprinkler, uh, sparkler. Sure. Then yeah. load it up cannonball boom wow. <laughs> boom baby people thinking they're getting that little snake vibe but then you come full bottle rocket on them. exactly on. i'm a roman candle watch me on quirk what's uh so what's up around the your place i mean uh the kids yes. lighting firecrackers yet are they lighting sparklers i feel like i ask that every year no 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 oh so we um we went to a fireworks show with the kids and it was a it was an experience because we've never really seen fireworks fireworks we've seen them last year we saw them a little at you know uh, from a distance oh, okay. this time we went there and we were on a golf course and it was like right they like you can feel them in your chest close holy shit yes and they sat all the kids sat up as close like that little barrier sat yeah. up as close as they could commission junior mrs dr mrs the commission i sat laid back in the cut and then literally kind of as the first like big overture sprinting back commish at and commish at 2.0 just sobbing crying oh, we were like this wow. is too much and commish at was like it was so i felt so bad cuz she was like why are you making me do this and i was <laughs> like for patriotism baby man like way back in the day like three years ago you used to talk about like it's those things where it's just like a sob happens you know like a, like a the parenting tip like you know like an air jar goes off and they just kind of freak out it's hard to control yeah that yeah. sounds that sounds heartbreaking so not yeah, going back anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah well you know and then but then the fun and this was on saturday night then last night there was some going off in the, in the neighborhood and that was a little bit more con- controlled they were they were yelling uh positive things at them i don't know why they came up there them and their cousins worked out some coping mechanisms maybe we can have them on there for a, a parenting tip <laughs> but uh but yeah so it was good i mean but it was definitely like it was a little, little nerve-wracking at first we had a we had a duck and cover man i used to save up for fireworks like all the time but now like i mean do you like lighting off any in the street i mean you hear about like all these accidents also we just got to do away with these fireworks right yeah, i mean them. i mean i live in indiana map studios midwest and uh there's so many like corner fireworks like uh like roadside stores yeah. just with pop-ups and you know like none of that's like no one's quality checking that to make sure that these are like properly functioning you know these are like basically like mortar shells and like you know, little, little bombs that they're selling and anybody can go in there and buy them. Um, so no, I'm not a big fan of it. I, I remember when I was a kid, Mr. Four Star, we went, when we were living in Michigan, we actually drove, I think it was either Ohio or Indiana, like just across the border and picked up a whole bunch of like those mortar style, you know, that you could kind of light them off. And though that was the scariest thing I ever saw. Cause I was with my dad when he was lighting them off and we were, 
at my grandparents' house that they lived on a lake. So it was kind of like remote, but man, the sound that came out of that like mortar shell, like when it went off was terrifying. I mean, it was exhilarating. And I was like, you know, probably 15 feet back, but it was like, holy shit. Like, I'm not, what are we doing this for? This is nuts. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, it is kind of nuts because it's like it reminds me of like pumping your own gas, or reminds me of just like like when I rented a like fifty foot long U-Haul. I'm just like, I don't really like. I've been trained in this. Right. I don't really know what this is. Like, I'm kind of going with the flow. And it's the same with lighting those. I remember my dad would be like, "You want to light them?" And it's just like, that's just that's a pass. Yeah. I mean, like, just leave it for the professionals. Uh, speaking <laughs> of professionals, we're professionals potters, bro. On this episode, one seventy five got a jam packed. Here's what we're talking about. We're doing rip from the headlines. We're doing Chris Paul's legacy. We're doing MAB fixes. Going to talk about NBA foul contact. We're going to hit that fantasy booth. New segment, Joe Booth. Uh, I think four-time guest on the pod. Going to come by and talk about his way too early top 10 in fantasy football. Guys, it's getting close. We can start talking about that now. Watch oh, yeah. us while we do it. Brandana Gambling Corner. Uh, this is a little last call, drunk call from both of us in the middle of a gambling. It's a nice little smorgasbord of what we can do and just kind of different segments overlapping but we'll, we'll have, we have a couple recordings that'll make you laugh from uh earlier this week into last week and neapolitan showdown we're doing worst tours and then we're going to finish as we always do with our mvp of the week ladies and gentlemen you're our power it starts now extra extra read all about it i'm talking front page story all over the world I brought um ripped from the headlines. Chris Paul's legacy. Does he need to win a chip in your eyes to kind of take that next step up as we start talking about the greatest point guards of all time? Yeah, it was one of those things where I mean, obviously, it's not going to you know, hurt. Um, it'll put him into the category of the the Patrick Ewings and or Charles Barclays. But I mean, we were, this is monumentous for Chris Paul, just because of where he was at previously. I mean, there had never been a player that had had as many all NBA teams, all-star nominees. Uh, he would have had the most career points and the most playoff games of any player in NBA history that has never played in an NBA finals. So even like making this jump is like a huge, like cementing of his career. Obviously the cherry on top puts you in that champion category that no one can take away from you. Yeah. But this is just a big hurdle just to get to, you know, the conference finals, let alone an NBA finals. So why hasn't he made an NBA finals? I mean, I know he was like on that, uh, that lob city team. I do want to talk about kind of that Lakers trade getting blocked too. And just kind of how that maybe changed the trajectory of his career. It's kind of interesting, but what was, I mean, is it all him? Is it just like just the string of bad luck? Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a little bit, I mean, bad luck, injury luck, with the you know the Rockets teams a little bit with the uh the Clippers as well too but like you know 2015 they blew a 3-1 lead right against the Rockets and you know that was probably one of their better Clippers teams yeah he's just had the confluence of you know like really good regular season teams him being the man on those teams with no playoff experience and kind of being like the, you know, the solidifying uh, fixture in a championship run. 
he's either been knocked out with injury, just had some bad game luck, you know, hamstrings, shoulder injuries. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to just pinpoint it on one thing. And it, for a long time felt like it was going to be, it's just, just going to be these one, one of these careers that you get in, in sports where it's like, it's kind of just going to be unfulfilled a little bit. Like we all recognize how good he is, but for, you know, some reason or another, he doesn't quite get it to the kind of like the, 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 the finals goal or the, the championship goal that we all want him want for them. So now that he's getting there, the goal, let's say this, is this, I mean, this is kind of an unusual time in a career, right. To, to nab it, right. It, it feels like a little late and maybe like the yeah. Argos had already ran out, you know, like uh, that Houston combination didn't seem to be working out for whatever reason. And then he shipped off to a, a Phoenix team, which we both kind of knew was on the upswing. But yeah. you kind of, you kind of, at least I did kind of forgot that Chris Wall, Paul's kind of, you know, still putting in like super valuable minutes. And I mean, you can make a case right now and you want to be laughed out of the room that he's the best player on that Suns team. Right. Uh, exactly. Right now, before that chip, and maybe you don't have to do it two separate ways. Cause I think you made a good point of it certainly doesn't hurt. And you know how much I like talking about sports and positions where you need the chip and like somewhere you don't, this is definitely a sport where you need that chip to really start, you know, submitting that legacy and be in that conversation and earn the spot. Uh, where is he like on your top list of all time? You can either do like point guards. Is he like three, four? I mean, it's probably uh, a little easier than just trying to do the macro all time. So just mm-hmm. point guards, where is he right now? And does he take an extra step if he gets that chip? Or is we just kind of, you know, being able to make it this far is enough like chip or no chip? Yeah, it's really tough. You know, you could look at some of his contemporaries like Magic Johnson. Um, yeah, you can't put him ahead of Magic. You can't put him ahead of Magic. You, oh, Jerry West, you can't put him ahead of, you consider Jerry West a point guard. Um, He's probably in that, I mean, some of the advanced statistics on him are pretty impressive um, when you compare him against his his peers. Uh, But you, you, you would probably slink him in there, you know, like Oscar. Jason Kidd, Steve Nash. Jason Kidd, yeah, Steve Nash. Although, you know, Steve Nash won two MVPs. I would almost put, yeah, you're probably putting him in, and you got Oscar Robertson probably in like that five, six realm, Isaiah Thomas somewhere in there. But when once you start like laying out some of the numbers too, you, you forget about like what a complete player Chris Paul is. He's in his 16th season, like you said, it's kind of late in a run to kind of be the best player on a finals team, which I think like by all accounting, we would say he is the best player on that team. Um so yeah, Booker, bit, Booker's nipping at the hill heels a little bit, but yeah, not, yeah. But he's been the most consistent and solid player, you know what I mean? Night in and night out when he's there. Yeah. But you look at him, he has 10 all NBA teams. When you put him in the categories of of uh point guards, uh, he's tied with Magic for 10 all, all NBA teams and behind Jerry West and Bob Cousy with 12 all NBA teams. Then you look at it from the defensive st- side of the ball too. He has nine all, all NBA defensive teams, which ties him with uh, Gary Payton, um, Jason Kidd, and Dennis Johnson as one of the best like defensive point guards in, in, the, in the game. And then when you look at it, he's fifth all time in career assists right now. Uh, he's basically like 100 and some odd uh, from moving up to third and passing um, Mark Jackson and Steve Nash. He'll probably do that next year. If he plays three seasons and kind of, 
you know, averages about eight assists a game, which is pretty doable in this league. He'll probably move into that second spot, assuming that he, he picks up his option this year, which most likely will for $44 million and then maybe extends it for two more years to try to get two more paychecks out of this. Um, I could definitely see him being the number two assist man of all time. So if he wins a title and we get those stats, does that catapult him higher up that do we, do we put him ahead of a Steve Nash who, you know, won two MVPs, but never won a title, you know, do we move him ahead of, you know, an Oscar Robertson who won one chip and was, uh, you know, with uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who was a forever curmudgeon, even though he had all those triple doubles, you know, yeah. where do, where do we put him? I think, I think this chip definitely catapults him into that. You're, you're right. You're right. Cause you can't quite you three. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you can't, yeah, it is that chip. And this is great. Cause this has proved the point we can be specific now. So you compare him right now, you know, uh, without that assist jump and then without the chip to Steve Nash and you got to give it to Steve Nash, even though Steve Nash doesn't have a, doesn't have the chip, but he has the two MVPs. Then once you give the chip to Chris Paul, now it's a real, you know, like it's, it's still kind of apples and oranges, but it almost looks like they're neck and neck, if not Chris Paul a little bit higher. Cause you have to say like, you know, like MVPs are cool. Uh, that can, you know, you can be accused. I mean, not to a bad thing, but that's a little bit more of just like uh, a selfish, I don't mean in a negative way, but just like a self, a self stat or a self mm-hmm. award, you know, that like I was able to get this as opposed to like, I was able to have my team uh, will them to a championship. So he talked about a little bit of his bad luck, not being able to get there in the past. Let's talk about, the good luck, like what is it about this Suns team? I mean, obviously we can talk through the injuries. Everybody's already heard him. Mm-hmm. You can only play who you who you're gonna play, and so yeah. like they got there. But still, like, is there something? You know, is it smaller egos? Is it him able to just kind of like tutor some of these young dudes? Like, what's this? What's this Phoenix Suns thing that makes it such a good fit? Yeah, I think it's I think it's a little bit of everything. I mean, it, I think it's so funny that he was with Monty Williams and kind of Monty Williams is his his first head coach in New Orleans. And now that they've kind of bounced around the league a little bit, gotten their kind of, you know, bruised and, and tattered along the way. And now are here kind of leading this, this team, relatively young upstart team, right? So you've got DeAndre Ayton, who is the first overall pick in the, in the Luca Trey draft. Um, and actually is, is probably a better fit than either of those two players. When you think about in kind of a de- design of a, of a team, He's a rim protector and a re- and an excellent rebound, a good athlete in the center position. And then Devin Booker, who has toiled in Phoenix until this last year uh, as a great kind of like you, you mentioned, like self stats, right? A guy just yeah. getting his own numbers and, and scoring at will, uh, but for horrifically bad teams. And oftentimes that's detrimental to such a young, talented player because they just pick up bad habits. And six years into the league, Devin Booker could be one of those stories where you read it's like oh, this guy was like yeah he was good but he always played on shitty teams and just put up you know good stats on bad teams and we don't ever look at his career as something more than what it could be and I think we're starting to kind of realize that maybe Devin Booker there might be more to Devin Booker than just you know jacking up three pointers and and going for 70 and a loss um so and then you've got good like role players in Mikhail Bridges uh Jay Crowder who has finals experiences one of those you know, veteran guys that you need on your roster that night in, night out isn't going to go and put up huge gaudy stats, but it's going to be like solid and place a hard defense and kind of be the barometer of, of, of your, uh, your, your toughness of your team. And you, you know, you got a couple other guys you bring out the, of the bench campaign who's bounced around the league. Uh, uh, Sarich, who's also bumped around the league. I mean, they've, they've got some 
halfway decent guys on there um, that I think all have gelled nicely under the tutelage of Chris Paul. Uh, and I think it's, you know, I think it's fun to watch. It's, it's a fun collection to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, does he get his chip this year? I mean, knock on wood for him. I, I think so. I mean, he, they've got to be coming in against the Bucks. I mean, the biggest X factor, we talked about it with Giannis, is does he come back? I, I, I just don't think he does. You know, even with a couple of days off, I just don't know if he's going to be able to, to get back into, into, you know, be physically ready enough. I mean, if he does, it's going to be a, a we might be staring down the barrel of a KD-esque type you know, return when he came back for the Warriors, I just be would so fearful of, uh, of another, you know, injury. Yeah, work that well. you know? I think, I think you're totally right. It's just one of those injuries. Like I, I think you tend to overcompensate because you don't want to yeah. like feel kind of that, that twinge, that pain, like it's not career altering at all, but if you start fucking around with it, that you can really kind of mess something else up. I'd have to agree with that too. I, you know, like, uh, we'll get into it with our MVPs, uh, spoiler alert, but, uh, you know, Chris Middleton, you know, I think has the firepower at least to get, you know, a couple of those wins, but you really have to think like Suns and six is kind of worst case sun scenario. I would, I would imagine just because that, I mean, that Bucks team can go through and I know like probably other podcasts have talked about it, but stretches where it's like, this is like one of the worst stretches for like a, a conference finals or a finals team that I've ever seen. Cause they just like, like that game that Giannis went out. I mean, they looked absolutely incompetent. And as my Mabby dollars gambling account was just fucking <laughs> draining, draining, like they pulled the plug out of the bottom of the pool. I was just like, nothing's more frustrating. Just like these guys can't do anything. And all of a sudden you blink their eye, you blink your eyes and they're down by, you know, uh, more than 20. So we'll see. I mean, yeah, knock on wood to Chris Paul. Um, I think I, I didn't follow his career super closely. I, I remember uh, him with the Clippers kind of just left a bad taste in my mouth. And I right. was always like a little bit of just like, it's a pass for me on that dude. But, you know, at, at the, at the end, like we all like sports and this is like one of those feel good stories of just like, you know, a dude that dedicated to the game, like put up the stats for it and kind of getting that, just that one last mantelpiece to really just like solidify his career. You know, like that. So for uh, sure. Absolutely. Look to him. Um, all right, but let's get to it. Map fixes. Oh, Marvin, are you okay? It's so bloody. <laughs> Both going down the same path. That's hilarious. Um, all right, foul contact. I kind of want to talk to you about this a few weeks ago. You were like, Brandana, slow down, considering <laughs> I'm the talent. Let me figure out my fucking take on this. It would just show, throw shit in my face and have me want to make the rule line really on it. I bring this up for two reasons. So they mentioned that they're taking a look at it. And this yeah. is kind of before Trey Young really got a chance to step into the spotlight. So I don't, that's why I kind of think it's very appropriate now to dig into it. Uh, so I think the big takeaway is they're trying to do like unnatural motions from the offensive player that cause fouls. So we're looking, you know, kicking, like kicking those legs out, I think is like the easiest one or if mm -hmm. it, you know, you're kind of like moving to an angle that just wouldn't make, like you don't shoot a shot from, um, before we get into how, like how we fix this, I'll tell you my, like my initial knee jerk to, okay, well, I have two things. My initial knee jerk is like, yes, you have to do something about this. Yes. And speaking of Trey Young, like this needs to be like Trey Young borderline. I know it was a rooting for him and I like seeing, I, you know, I kind of like cocky dudes, but like it went from enjoying seeing this new step, superstar step up to just like, oh, like I'm going to get sick of this quick, like watching this guy just like slow down and kind of draw these whistles. So my first reaction was like, good, something needs to be done. And then my second reaction was, 
holy shit, we cannot make basketball games last any longer than they already do because of more things that you have to replay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give, yeah. Give me your two angles on that. And then give me a little example also of, is this going to be something like the flopping thing where it was just like this huge point for like, you know, the first like three months of a season. And then they just kind of like, it was like more of a bluff than something they followed through on. Yeah. And I think, I think, well, I think it's good to, you know, I think you're going to have a couple early, you know, with the flopping things where you're going to really police the egregious ones and look to, to hit techs on, on those egregious ones. And hopefully everyone will kind of settle on that because they're still flopping, but it is not as bad as it was before uh, with the flopping with regard to that talking about like the replay stuff. Yes. I, I am pro game flow when it comes to basketball. So I want as much, to keep that game flow as, as, as going as possible. And when you have guys like Trey young, James Harden, a lot of these guys that are hunting foul calls, it really, it really disrupts the, the play or the game flow uh, to the point where it can be a bit tough to watch at times. So the unnatural movement is great. Like I, I, I definitely think you mentioned kicking the legs, but I also like the, the pump fakes and then like, cause now guys have learned how to close out on a shooter without running into them. They close out to the side of the shooter, usually yeah. on, you know, the, the shooter, you know, the, the strong hand of the shooter, they close out to that side with the opposite hand to try and block a shot or at least get a hand up. So they don't, you know, carry momentum into that player. Well, now guys are, are Trey young are pumping and then taking a big wide step out to the right, you know, or to the left, wherever the defender's coming from and then throwing their body to try and contact. I, I, I don't like that at all. That's terrible. The other one that I really don't like, and they policed with Kevin Durant a lot because Kevin Durant used to do this where the defender would hand check and then he'd swip, you know, he'd rip through up and then draw the contact. It used to be shooting foul. Now they've regulated it to just a, you know, on the floor foul, right? So it just goes, you know, side out possession. They're not giving him the shooting foul on that one. And I even think that that is something that we need to legislate as well. Um, and like, other, just, like, just get away. Like, just don't call anything. Like yeah, I would say, I would say on those, don't call it. And I would say on the ones where they're taking an unnatural step or, you know, your shooting motion propels you toward the basket not to the you know, a jumper isn't going to move you to the side of the bat, you know, the side of where you're trying to shoot uh, or into that player. So that I would tech that up. I would, you know, just tech it up. I, I, that, that for me, that's what I would do because, and I don't even know if you have to give foul shots to the other team just to tech and, and lose the possession. Cause I, if, if I'm going to boot you the second time you do that, maybe you're going to be less likely to throw your body into somebody uh, on a jumper. So do you think the refs are going to be able, so that's the difference, right? Like as soon as you start, we saw this a little bit with, or a lot of it, it was fucking painful in the NFL when we were able to start challenging PI, like we're kind of looking like that, like is, are the refs going to be able to successfully make these judgment calls? I mean, I think on the jumpers, the unnatural motion, they should be able to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So it should be either, it should be either straight up or straight back i guess you want to go to the side because if you're going to the side then you're trying to avoid contact to get your shot off so it's just like that's why it answers that it's just like oh you went to the side to literally get contact right yes yes it it, it's all about to me the offensive player and how they're 
how the contact is initiating and is it come from is it coming from their movement or is it coming from the defender's movement and if it's coming from the offensive movement you know that's where i would look to make that call you know what you know if it's if if we get the call wrong you know first off refs more often than not get the calls right it's only the the rare few that we we boil down and and look you know in in fractions of a second yeah, uh, I often say let's trust the refs a little bit. That's why we pay them what we pay them. I say we. I'm talking the NBA, but you know what I mean. Like trust the fucking refs a little bit. You know they're not totally incompetent. They know how to call a game. Um, let's if they if they break a few eggs along the way, at least we'll keep everybody honest and not pulling Trey Youngs and hunting these fouls or James Harden trying to hunt foul calls because it makes it un unenjoyable to watch a game like. If, if, if a guy just stops on a pick and roll and starts to throw the ball up towards the rim and the defender who's just trailing because that's how we've coached, we've coached you to trail behind the, the screener so you can at least try and recover. If that guy now all of a sudden does an unnatural motion and stops trying to draw the contact and throw the ball up, I mean, I get it. It's like by the letter of the law, it's a foul. But at the same time, it, it like picks away at the sanctity of the game. You know what you're doing. You know this fucking bullshit. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm let yeah. you know. I'd rather let it play out. Yeah, sure. So it was a you know it was kind of a rule that was taken advantage of. I mean, the, you're calling fouls for illegal contact. That's what you're doing, and right. it's just like the strategic advantage now has just been so exploited, and it's so much easier for the offensive player to do it to actually draw contact so that's what we're talking about intentionally yeah. trying to draw contact so i think that's how it maybe fixes we're teeing them up um are we going to i mean it's kind of unavoidable like which way do you want it we have to look at these they have to go to the replay if, if now we're talking tees right no i would say no i would say you fucking let it flip okay. bam get Boom. it they hit him with yeah, just boom. They just hit him with tees on a whole bunch of stuff. If it's egregious, right? You know, and that's the thing is, it's like anything. These guys are gonna get. Hey, I'm warning you. You know, they're gonna get a little forewarning. Then finally, they do it. And just but not now. I'm giving you the tea. It's tea time in Chinatown. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Um, I brought um fantasy booth. Let's get into it. on the move what up bro how are we doing gentlemen good was this your fifth time on the pod oh i'm not quite at tom hanks status yet i think this is this is number four 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 timers club. four timers uh, club. this is honest for all the people out there that are super jealous of you how does it feel <laughs> to have your own segment on the mab sports podcast it's nuts you know it's uh it's a lot of hard work uh it's a lot of luck you know, being good is the baseline. Like you, you gotta be, you gotta be good just to get in the door and then you gotta be lucky and then you gotta work hard. But, um, all those kids out there who dream of one day getting on this pod, uh, fuck you. This is my spot. 
<laughs> not coming at us humble at all um okay so fantasy booth hit you up i think it's a good thing to get you in the mix you enjoy talking a little fantasy football what is so an alien lands on earth and he thinks about he wants to play fantasy football describe to him like what that roller coaster is <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's, that's the probably the best question anyone's ever asked in a fantasy <laughs> podcast. Uh, and, I, and also make sure that it's also like this is like the number one thing we're talking about to the alien when he gets there first. Not like <laughs> geopolitical like lines and like how people work. No, it's fantasy football, alien. This is what we need your hot take it's, immediately it's not, on. Hey, it's it's not it's not take me to your leader. It's snake draft or auction draft. <laughs> We come in peace. And also, Austin Eckler is overrated. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, God, how do you explain that? It's like, it's the stock market, but you don't make any money off of it. Yeah, it's you don't get cash. It's so it's so luck based in real life, but everyone is convinced that it's mainly skill based, which it's just not. And we all lie to ourselves and we continue to do it year after year after decade. after. It's success by proxy, right? Like the number of man hours that I have put into researching whether or not somebody else was going to be successful at their profession versus putting man hours into me being successful at mine. (laughs) it's like oh how how do i put this aliens it's waiting for death in the most fun way possible that's (laughs) all right well we want to fire it up so fantasy booth we'll have you on um time to time we'll figure out how often but definitely through the fantasy season but just um now that we're kind of getting uh, let's be honest we're running out of basketball and there's baseball kind of sitting in the back of the fridge and we're just like oh we should have thrown that out a long time ago so let's just introduce some fantasy football and let's do your way too early top 10 list do you have an order for us you have some thoughts uh i have a few thoughts i uh i mean like the top 10 list i wasn't joking when i was talking about austin eckler uh, I don't know why he keeps showing up on on people's top 10 lists i don't know why that dude like, and I get that he caught like 50 passes last year while missing what, like six games. And he went out real early in, uh, in one of those games, he only had two rushes and he still caught like 50 passes for 430 yards. He had 116 rushes for 500 and I think 560 yards. But it's like, if you took out the game where he only had two touches, take out those two touches and, and those, those 18 yards that he had, take that out of the equation. The, the, his average touches and his average yards and you extrapolate it over a full season, he's still not a thousand yard back. And that's over a 17 game season. That's not even over the 16 games. Like even given him the extra game, he's still not a thousand yard back. And so he's so heavily dependent on getting the ball in the passing game and he's awesome at it. He's great at it, but it's like, I think his fantasy value is so overinflated because of that. And I think Herbert is just going to continue to be more confident getting the ball downfield. If Eckler, you know, injuries matter, they absolutely matter. And if he has any injury again, it's just like, I'm not, I'm not touching him in the first 20 picks. That's for sure. Yeah, I think uh, it's a little bit, 
I think it was hip for him to be a sleeper, especially when he was playing that backup role like four or five years ago. And he'd kind of get, he'd get those touches come in and just kind of explode. And I think everyone waiting for him to kind of be this, um, like this, this workhorse back that kind of, uh, that catches passes also that we're going to see out on the field most of the time. And you're right. I would say, I mean, what's your take on just kind of the running back overall are we still a fantasy league that you know that first pick in your snake draft or like that biggest investment needs to be the running back or is it something you know like we saw the league that will not be named but you know someone in the snake um six seven years ago took kind of wide receivers back to back is is that running back back ball uh, value falling even further or is it kind of leveled out now i think you've had like a real resurgence of the workhorse back like the saquon dalvin cook ezekiel elliott Gurley was there for a minute. Gurley. Todd Gurley is too yeah. young to be as washed up as he is. But, like, I feel like Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Swift, like, these guys are – they look like they're the kind of guys you can give the ball to 20, 25 times a game. It's just that they're high – you have to have a running back who can catch the ball. That's it. Like, you know, 40% of those touches, 35% of those touches are going to be passes that they have to catch. and. To me, running backs are still the most injured position. You're like, yeah, Christian McCaffrey is incredible. And he's going to get an extremely high amount of like the load in Carolina. He's going to get his touches, but he's also going to take the hits. And for me, I would, I would rather take a wide receiver who I know is going to be targeted, who I believe is going to, have just as good of fantasy weeks because I, I just think that it's, it's, it's flipped. It's, I mean, it's probably personal taste at this point, but I'd rather go wide receiver, wide receiver, and then start looking for those guys in the third to the sixth round who are going to blow up. And maybe like Antonio Gibson is a great example of like a guy who isn't necessarily a top, you know, first or second round pick. He might be, but, he could easily explode. Yeah, and that's a that's like a, a that's a real philosophy now in fantasy football is the zero running back, right? You've, you people talk about it, and it's it's starting that just like all right, I'm just gonna I'm gonna gobble up like two top flight receivers, or you know, like Travis Kelsey and Devonte Adams, right? And I'm gonna I'm gonna lock down those positions because those are the two best at their 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 position, and then later on down the road we'll have a running back like an Antonio Gibson or, you know, you mentioned DeAndre Swift or some of those guys are like, Hey, they might win me a a week here and there, but I'm not going to like, you know, hitch my fantasy wagon to this one player who like an Austin Eckler, uh, you know, has had some boom games. It also has had plenty of bus games or has ended up on the injury report a time or two as well. It's yeah. It's like when you, it's like when you bet a money line, that's like minus like 800, like you don't enjoy that bet the entire time. The only thing you can do is to win that bet and be like, thank God. And like, not be afraid anymore of losing it. Cause of just right. what happens supposed to happen. Like that's the exact thing. And I see why people are kind of going to the two wide receiver or the tight end wide receiver. Cause it's just more fun. Like you have that running back, like you just end up frustrated or if he actually scores, you're like, okay, that's what's supposed to happen with a wide receiver. Like, it's just like, 
boom, like you can like absolutely go off. And then you also had just have that. It's, it's more fun to watch, more fun to talk about. And then you also have that, you know, that injury proneness is just lower at that wide receiver position. Uh, all right, Joe, we'll wrap it up. Uh, Cause it doesn't sound like you have your top 10 list. So I'll just be more <laughs> specific on what you're supposed to have for next time. You know, oh, I do want to say, I, I wanted to get most Austin's opinion on one thing though. So yeah, sure. <clears throat> I'm in a dynasty league. You might've heard of it. I've won it. Don't worry about it. Uh, I'm in a dynasty league and now there's 10 teams with over 30 roster spots. Okay. Rashad Perriman is not rostered in that league and he's going to be Jared Goff's number one wide receiver. Right. Along with Tyrell Williams. Right. Why is everybody sleeping? Like, I can't think of another guy who's like, going to have the the largest number of targets I mean, i guess you could like hawk is going to get a lot of a lot of those but yeah jared goff loves the play action he has a, a young stud running back and he and he likes to play action and throw the ball downfield why is brashard perriman a big receiver a deep threat not right like even being drafted it's a great question um, it is one of those ones where I think the, the, the biggest unknown is, is, is less about Perriman who did have some good play with, was it the jets last year? Yeah. yeah. Was looked pretty good with the jets and all of the jets kind of, you know, woes that they had last year. Uh, I think the, the question is, is what is the Detroit offense going to look like? Right? Like what, what, what type of team is this? Is this going to be three yards in a cloud of dust? And I agree with you on the play action. Like that's going to fit very well. And Perriman for all intents and purposes, looks like he has the speed left to stretch the field, but is that just going to be a decoy and, and to kind of dink and dunk over the middle with, with Swift and Hawk and, and some of the other guys. Um, if anything, I think he's going to be like, I think he's going to be a high touchdown play. Like I think he's going to get six or seven touchdowns just by, you know, every other game sneaking one over the top and, and, and golf pushing the ball down the field. So I definitely think he's like drafted, but that's one of those like late sleepers where I would for sure, everyone should keep their eye on because just to your point is, is who's vying for the other targets. Like you can only go to Hawkinson and Swift so many times and they're not just going to send him deep all the time. They're going to work him maybe in some bubble screens and trying to find him some opportunity to make some plays. So, you know, in that 10th, 11th round, when no one's thinking about Brashard Perriman, because everyone's probably been burned by him or, or just an, an, an afterthought, uh, I would look at him for sure. Because at that point, you're you're looking for lottery picks. And, and there's probably, uh, he's probably one of the better ones that's out there, especially when you take into account the competition at position. Brilliant. Perfect. Uh, one more thing I want to add you real fast, Joe, before we wrap up, and I really am wrapping up the segment this time. So not taking any votes from that. Run the show. A little too comfortable <laughs> in the third season, my friend. Oh, I, um, I figured that was that's, what, that's what four appearances gets you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get so, one uh, question for every yeah, four appearances. It's like a punch card. <laughs> Uh, I, I did want to ask you the last thing we can kind of wrap up with. Uh, we'll get you on again a couple more times before official your fantasy official draft day. Uh, you are running a dynasty league, as you talked about, uh, with the roster spot. Just kind of running it now, I think, going into the fourth season. I think we're going to the third or the, the fourth. I think we're going to the fourth. Um, what's the biggest 
thing that you would advise people out there that are getting their dynasty league set up? What really makes it enjoyable? Because I do for me, I feel like it was that kind of that next step from just kind of like the standard reset the roster league or the one keeper. Like I, I I'm loving dynasty. What have you found is just kind of like a pro tip for people that might be taking their league over to the dynasty right now to really just kind of maximize how fun those can be. I would say absolutely have two quarterbacks, uh, two starting quarterbacks. The, the difference between the number one and the number 10 quarterback is minimal. But the difference between the 11th quarterback and the 20th quarterback is huge. And that and it, it forces you to think about the quarterback position in a way that uh, that fantasy football kind of ignores. Traditional fantasy football ignores it. And we all agree it's the most important position in team sports. The idea that it's an afterthought in fantasy is always has always bothered me. Uh, that and I would say do a season and then be willing to just start over when you figure out what your rules are going to be like do a practice right. season and then do it for real. All right. No, buddy, I won the practice season. <laughs> right, right. I was going to say, I mean, if I win the championship, that's we're keeping those rules. Yeah. We're keeping yeah, those rules. Sorry, guys. I, I, I didn't realize Joe's answers. Both of them were going to be wrong. All right. Fantasy <laughs> booth. We have a back in a few weeks. All right. Neapolitan showdown. Bring us to the jam. So let's leave it alone. Cause we can't see eye to eye. There ain't no good guy. There ain't no bad guy. There's only you and me and we just disagree. I wrote Neapolitan showdown. Worst chores i did text you you did i had a few cocktails that i thought we should do best trees and yes. you text me back get your shit together and i was like <laughs> that's fair enough in the moment i thought it was funny if we fucking just debate some sycamores and really just like go to mm-hmm. town on each other about fucking evergreens and and a like, confer or whatever that is what is that yeah yeah. But um, you thought wiser of it. So I just want to let the audience know how lucky they got. And yeah. they still, you're out there fighting for them on the text threads. <laughs> That's right. I'm battling for them. Uh, I'm sure there's one audience member who's like, I wanted to talk about I trees. About those trees. I got a hot tree take. All right. Well, we're not doing trees, guys. We're doing worse chores. Um, did you get allowance growing up? How, how, did you, how was your chore yes. situation? Chore okay. sitch, yes. Had to clean the house, mow the lawn. Had had some some chores to do for sure. Okay, did you? Uh, Weed Dolls is uh, six years younger. Yeah. yeah, yeah, quite a bit younger. So it's not really that like because my brother's two years younger than me, and we would we would interchange like it was a chore sheet. I think there was yep. just a base allowance we would get, but it'd be like I had to do you know it'd be like something that like I had to vacuum on Mondays and Wednesdays, and he had dishes on fucking Tuesdays and Thursdays, and I had dishes the other day. So there was always this kind of like rotating. I wish I got to look back to think about because there's some chores I don't mind. I don't mind washing a toilet. I, maybe that's disgusting to everybody. Like, but it's just like I'll. It looks better. Like you know, I put some gloves on. I get in there. That's fine. So that's not on my list. There are some chores that I absolutely hate. So I just was kind of thinking if maybe there was a there was that's an good. That we did. Yeah, yeah. Cleaning toilet, scrubbing a bathtub. I always like. It. I we used to have the comet 
Remember yeah. Comet the Powder? Exactly. I used to like doing it. And then I make a nice little froth and then you wash it all down the sink. It was very satisfying scrubbing it, a toilet tub. It, yeah, you know why it is? I think because you get the you get the immediate like uh gratification from that. Yes. You get to see how it like it kind of had that ring and it was looking gray and a little fucked up. And now yeah. you're just like, ooh, that's sparkly. It's nice. Yeah, that's exactly. Choice. I'm gonna take a toilet. bubble bath after this. <laughs> Dude, you know my okay, man. This is we almost need a segment called Brandana Life Hacks because they come up so fucking often. But yes. we'll just let them come up naturally. So bing, Brandana bing. Life Hack. Like we'll just <laughs> <laughs> like <it right laughs> um comment up. Here's what I would do. Okay. Uh, still do it. Comment up that bath. Like, get like get the water super hot. Just do yeah. like a slight layer, a slight dusting of water on the bottom of that tub. Then get common in there pretty. I like how you call it a dusting of water. water I just, right. yeah, it's a great I description. I was, okay. I was just like, this is the worst time to use that too, because literally common is a dusting. I was just like, <laughs> flip these, flip these. Um, so get that, get that layer of frothy right there and then let it sit and then come back in 10 minutes and just fucking take a shower. Get in there, get in there fully naked, ready to shower. Get that sponge ready and just kind of get your scrub on. You can kind of get down on your knees and just scrub that out with the shower water coming down on you. And then once yes. you get that all clean, it's rinsing out and then you're cleaning up. Boom. Boom. You're done. Bed. You're good. Yeah. And it's, you should, you make it the last chore that you do too. Right. That's, that way you're yeah. just clean for the day. You're walking out. And all that stuff off you, that vacuum you had to do. All right, let's get into the shit. Right. Oh man. Look out people. Um, I put this on there and maybe it's a little bit of being in the service industry that I hated to um, mopping the floor. Oh, close. I thought we were going to be close on this one. Oh, I mean, there's my number one is number one with a bullet, but my number three is mopping the floor. Here's the thing with mopping the floor. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'm good at it. It's kind of fucking, I mean, you got to have a game plan. You got to have like an exit strategy. There are some, yeah, there's some kitchen situation. It shuts down the kitchen for like, Mm. you know, like a 12 minute thing. Mopping was a technology that just suspended in time for like 180 years. Like it was just for the longest until Swiffers came around. Yes. Still use that like yarn fucked up. Like it, it always smelled terrible. Yes. Yeah. It looked like that. Those, like those, those dogs, like those, you know what I'm talking about? Exactly. The dogs you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, It looked like one of those dogs, right? Yeah. Yeah. It did feel like it was getting your floor clean. And the last thing also is, so many times I would get done mopping, and this is why I said maybe I don't know how to do it. Is walk across the floor, it's sticky for like the next three days. So you have to like <laughs> mop it and then you gotta like rinse it, and it's just like too big of a lift for what you get. Yeah, That's exactly. Awesome. Swiffer, Swiffer has changed the game on mopping the floor. But okay. we used to have we never had the fucking dog mop. We had it was basically like a sponge on a yep. stick, and it had the metal like crank thing. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That would the only the only good thing about that that I did like was when you cranked it and you saw the brown water coming out of it. You're like, oh man, I just what happened on this floor before I cleaned it? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That, that was that was rewarding. That was but rewarding. What would be not rewarding is busting that mop out, getting ready to mop that floor, just do an initial rinse of the mop, and it's still like brown stuff coming out before yeah. it's not changing. It's and, it, like- and it's Murphy's law that every time that you mop it, somebody's gonna come through that side door into the okay. kitchen and like walk through them. You're like, Oh, I just, and they're like, no, I'll just be quick. And then you see their little steps <laughs> as they went through your thing. It's like, I just motherfucker. I just cleaned that. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I'm with you. All right. You're, my, you're my, floor dry for 45 minutes. So I'm going to, I'm going to take my 45 points right there. What do you got? Yeah. I'm, I'm keeping score on this one. I know it's not very good. Good. I feel like doing it today. Um, so I'm in the, I'm in the washing realm, but uh, mine is 
after dinner dishes, right? If you don't have a dishwasher, you got to clean those dishes by hand. I was a big MA household chore cleaning dishes. I yeah. do not, I don't fucking like it. It sucks. I, I, it's why I like to cook more than do dishes after the fact. I would much rather cook and spend all that time. And, and also, by the way, I'm, a, I'm economical with my dishes when I cook too. So I'm making, I'm not leaving a big mess either. I nice. hate, I hate someone having to make a fucking, you know, uh, a gourmet meal and then use every pot and dish in the fucking kitchen that I have to clean up afterwards. So I washing dishes, my friend. That's good. Yeah. So that is the exchange. I think the exchange is I cook, you do dishes. That yep. seems to be the kind of just kind of the going rate out there in the world. Okay. So this is washing dishes. That's my number one. Um, never could stand it. I remember I had a strategy when I was younger and had to do it that I went through like a week where I was just like, I'll just break all these fucking glasses. Then they won't ask me to do the dishes anymore, which I thought would win. But then I got busted for that. Um, yeah, it's just like, it's kind of old food is gross. There's yeah. always like two or three pots where like something's stuck on there and you can't get it off. You don't know how to get it off. Then you got to like, let it soak, but you got to go back and let it soak because it doesn't count if you're not doing the dishes. And it's just like, it's other people's mouths have been in there. And you know, there's yeah. some that get like, not Jeremy on there's something I get weird with and just like washing someone else's fucking fork. Yeah. You know, it's crazy to think is like Dr. Mrs. The commission. And I, when we lived in LA, we didn't have a dishwasher. So yeah. every meal, everything that we, we had to wash by hand. And, and since then, I think predominantly every place that we lived in has had a dishwasher. <laughs> you look like it's on, it's on the list. It's just like yeah, close, yeah. close to good schools. That's like way down there. Like, right. Right. right yeah. Like, where'd, that, where'd that dishwasher be? Um, all right, buddy. Well, we see, so we're going to score this the same. I mean, I'm going to give it, um, let's see, you got to get that water up to 180 degrees to really get that stuff off there. So I'm going to give us each 180 points. But oh, I like gonna it. See, I'm going to, I'm going to see if you can catch up here a little bit with your, um, with your two and number one, what's your two body? My number two. Um, it's the it's the least enjoyable thing to do. I I partly I think it's my fault that I don't like doing it as much because I'm a a freak when it comes to folding my laundry. Um, I hate folding laundry. So I had I had this written on the list. Um, Here's the exact thing I wrote down. I feel like you told me you hate doing laundry. Like I yes. had that written right there. Like I was, yeah. well, I was thinking because I was thinking about your list, and I was like, I think he said, like he just hates folding clothes, which is weird to me because you can. That's one of those chores you can double up with, like watching Sports Center. Like you could be doing something else while you're kind of knocking that off the list and like fold some stuff. This is true. This is true. You're 100 right. And I watch TV. The I, really what it comes down to is is when you forget the load that's in there like the last straggler and you're like i'm i'm today's laundry day i'm plowing through it it's like I, you know i get all my my you can run out of momentum yeah 100 like i get all my piles like i get uh, the oh beep, 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 beep. ma life hack right here oh nice what do you got bud here's here's the score unload your your darks right pile all of your underwear and socks and like any like you know ratty t-shirts that you might have or like undershirts throw all those together one small load knock it out then i put t-shirts and all that stuff in in one pile so maybe i'm doing a lot of smaller loads yeah. but the socks ones now i never lose any socks because they're all together with my underwear and they're not getting tucked up in and a fucking sheet or a pillowcase or just you know sacrifice to the drier gods out there you keep them all together uh, it okay. keeps your shot keeps your things all together 
I shoot your shot. I like it. Here's the thing. Like we all can't be billionaires with quarters like you are. And I know you're talking from a thing of probably owning your own washer and dryer. In yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Like, I'm just like, how many quarters like, do you quarters. want me to go through, bro? Like $30 in quarters. So I don't lose a sock. I mean, these socks aren't $30. Uh, yeah. I like breaking that up. So are you uh, super hot water for socks, underwear? Uh, and then like, is it a warm or a cold for like your shirts? uh cold for the shirts for sure and i think just like warm water for the underwear i haven't really thought much about it i thought usually the the detergent will clean any of the the unmentionables if you will yeah so that's good um all right i'm gonna give you it cost me three dollars and fifty cents to do a full load of laundry which i do not think you respect yes, so there's that 350 right there for the- 350 <laughs> that for granted 350 mark it up um okay so we'll get to my number two which will wrap me up and then we'll find out your number one um i know you're gonna hate this and people have to remember it's not me that has this story it's him so um i understand i would never relegate or have my wife do this chore if i had one i'd still get it done i just necessarily wouldn't love it mowing the lawn here's the thing with mowing the lawn um time consuming as fuck from what I remember doing it. So it's like, I mean, that's not like, you know, washing dishes, like a chore, like low, you know, loading the dishwasher, like laundry, just throw it in there, like hit start, like mowing, mowing the lawn's eating up, like, you know, two and a half hours. Like it's, it's a legit thing. Um, here's what I remember from a kid also, like the last time I did it. Um, I don't have a lawn. It's not like I have a lawn that's getting like maging out of control. Uh, it was like a bunch of grass, like all our calves and a rock would shoot out. Like, yeah, like rock shoot out, like hit your foot or your calf. Like, there's always some gravel. And I remember like going over things and just freaking out. And then it was just like, it just never worked out. It was always so hot. We ended up doing it. Not a great time to do it. Like, just kind of wipes you out, also. Not the way I want to hang in the sun. That's my number two. I'll give myself 98 points for how many degrees it is outside. Ooh, little Nick Lachey scoring right there. All right. I like it. <laughs> um my my number one very good and you didn't you you didn't have pets growing up right i did yeah you did do you have dogs uh we had dogs for a little bit yeah yeah so i was mainly in the country so it was like a little less of like an inside dog so it wasn't quite as big as that lift of just like taking them out and shit yes so the my number one is the precursor to mowing the lawn because what's there's nothing worse than hitting a rock than hitting a steaming pile of dog shit (laughs) so my number one with a gun growing up was what we would call you know as a kid we call it dookie patrol we'd go out there and with a with two bags one plastic bag because my parents didn't shell out for the little like nice little pooper scooper one plastic bag and another one around your hand that's right just like an animal picking up dog dumps and throwing them in the other bag ugh there's nothing there's nothing worse than that it's disgusting and i still to this day have to do it because my beautiful wife who's a veterinarian wanted us to get a dog i mean i wanted it too but you know what i'm picking up a lot of shit and now with kids the 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 accidental i stepped in poop happens all the time Mm, okay so i came at you with i don't like to do dishes and i haven't mowed a lawn in like 15 fucking years but i hated it you're like hey i still have to pick up shit all right so obviously you got the w that chore is a tough hang yeah um drop the shit bombs on me again nothing i can do about that yeah yeah, Um, exactly you thought look you thought you were coming out strong with chores you liked it i like it too 
And this is why when I knew when I had you, when I was like, Brandon, A doesn't have a lawn and B doesn't have a pet. Yeah. This is mine for the taking. Smoke me like a sausage. Um, All right, guys. This has been episode 175. Thanks for tuning in that MAB Sports Podcast. If you want to shoot us an email, hit us at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. MVPs of the week real fast. Uh, Mentioned it earlier. I'll stay true to the course. Going to give it to Chris Middleton. Had a couple games and a little bit, you know, he's going to get overshadowed by a bunch of different things that happen. But I I feel like a little step forward in this postseason, able to show off some things uh, with – Giannis unfortunately going down and I'm saying Giannis's name right now because I'm saying it correct because I've been hearing enough over the last few weeks yeah absolutely very good I'm gonna go with a baseball player Shohei Otani Mm -hmm. the Angels designated hitter and pitcher who's been named an all-star as both a position player and a pitcher oh wow guy is pretty fucking amazing to watch he also is tied I think for the league lead and in the American League for with home runs with 31 and as a three and one uh record in 12 starts. He only pitches like four or five innings uh and has 83 strikeouts over those 12 games. Right. See that guy that went yard in the ninth on the when the Yankees blew that lead? Like Yankees were up in the they were up like something like eight to two going into the top of the ninth and like had one out and then the angel scored seven runs. I think it had like a grand slam or something in the ninth. Just crazy. Oh, crazy. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Baseball talk. Oh, yeah. someone, someone's been betting on baseball to make up for that Bucks game. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Brandana. Why don't you sign yourself off? Most awesome. Audience, Professor Brandana is in. And every year when he starts his class, he always says, look to your left and look to your right. Because in both ears, it's hot pod. Fame. She likes gossip.